Okay, what's going on, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of Energize. Today, we have a very special guest on the show. We have retor- return of Skeletor, Reese McKee. Reese, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm back on in quick succession, so I'm becoming a, I'm becoming a face of you as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Special guest, as always, you know what I mean? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, uh, for people that don't know, we previously had Reese on the show, so uh, at the very end, actually, we'll link the video. And you get to know everything about Reese. You know what I mean? He's a great lad. Uh, last night, UFC Fight Night was on. And um, there's a few things to discuss, lads. So uh, we may as well kick it off. Anthony Smith losing to Glover Teixeira in the fifth round by TKO. Lads, what did you make of this fight? And also, there's stuff I really want to get into about what was said by Anthony Smith to his corner. But what you make of the fight, first of all? Um, I suppose I'll take away for start. Uh, one thing that was very prevalent in this uh, fight was Anthony Smith looks like he was trying to get Glover out there very fast. Uh, I think the first round was all Smith. Um, the first two and a half minutes of the second round was all Smith. And then you just saw the takeover. Um, Glover was so technically precise with his boxing. Uh, he picked shots to the body. He added in some kicks. Uh, he got backed him up against the cage, put, uh, you know, puckered him up there, and then got some takedowns in. And he sort of just eventually broke Anthony Smith's will, which is not easy to do. And at the end of the day, the ref, you know, sort of said enough was enough in the fifth round when Glover Teixeira got on top of him and just pummeled him. Yeah, Reese. Like, like we all know, like fighter mentality is. Uh... Just they're all in full stop, as you know yourself. Um, Anthony Smith went to his corner and he said that his teeth were falling out or, or they're coming out. But, um, has like, has this ever sort of happened to you? Or, and like, if you said this to your corner, what would you expect them to do? Yeah, um, well, I think the first thing to kind of recognize is like these are two guys who are at the absolute top, like, yeah, you have seen me in an event, Lee Smith and Glover takes it like. I mean, you can't be surprised that that's kind of the mentality they have, hence hence why they're there and hence what their fight showed. But, I mean, in terms of, like, when you are in that position or in a fight, like, you, as as cringy as it sounds, sometimes you have to be prepared to, like, come out the other end, not the way you went in. Um, you know, if, I think if I went back to my corner and, and we found out that my front row of teeth were in my gum shield, uh, that I wanted to still fight, I think they would trust my word at the time. Um you know, I think I think it would be fine in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> one, th- one thing I have seen in not just this fight, but other fights going forward, or in the past, previous, sorry, uh, of like fighters who, quite probably in the Tony Ferguson fight as well, like Justin Gaethje was just piecing him up the entire time. And towards the third and fourth round, Glover Teixeira was just piecing up Anthony Smith. Is there sort of a time where, you know, your corpsman should almost throw in the towel and you live to fight another day? Um, or is UFC and MMA just one of those things where, you know, you can always throw that Hail Mary shot and got the job done, so you're in there at the last minute? Yeah, like, I mean, from a corner man or, or a coaching kind of point of view, uh, you don't like to see it from your fighter. I think it's very much case-by-case scenario. Like, if we're talking pros young in their career or amateurs any amateur level really you know maybe it's a, it's a time to pull the fight or if you know sometimes you just know that the level isn't on par and the fight shouldn't be kind of going shouldn't be happening 
I think when you're talking to elite guys, though, uh, these are, this is guys guys livelihood. You have to give the chance and allow the chance for, as you said, the one punch shot. As as rare as it kind of is, um, I think it's case by case scenario. Yeah, well, the, you see, the thing is, for people watching it, like obviously there was no crowd, so you could hear the corner. So like everything is more um, like amped up. Like you know, what I mean, like Charles Thomas said after it was an absolute disgrace because uh, uh, Anthony Smith was getting dominated the last two rounds. But like the question is. When is enough enough, you know? Because, like, obviously, yourself, like, I mean, you're in there, as you said earlier, you're in there and you're, you're, you're expecting to come out differently the other side. But, like, um, should coaches not take it upon themselves to be like, here, look, this is, you can co- come back and fight another day? Yeah, and again, I know it's a boring answer, but I just think it's case by case. Um, you know, in that case, if I was, uh, if I was Anthony Smith, um, I would want my coach to be to letting it go to give me the chance. I think until a fighter like you know says himself like or shows any indication of not wanting to be there, you have to let him fight. Um, but I mean, that experience, an experienced coach who knows his fighter better than the fighter maybe knows himself will pull the fight. So I can it, it's a it's really hard it's a hard situation for coaches and fighters. I suppose for every. You know, Glover Anthony Smith, there's always like a Czech Congo papari, you know what I mean? Where <laughs> someone comes back from the dead and, and like scores the knockout. Again, Reese, you said it doesn't happen too often, but I suppose until that referee steps in there, you know what I mean? There's always a chance that something could turn around. Even earlier on in the night, uh, Michael Johnson was putting an absolute beatdown on Thiago Moyes, or I, I, I'd never even seen the fella before. Yeah. And uh, next thing you know, 25 seconds into the second round, he pulls a heel hook on him. You know what I mean? So these things like happen. And mm-hmm. Anthony Smith, you've seen it before. Like I think it was was the fourth round or uh, fifth round, he got a rear naked choke uh, in, I think, against Volkan and uh, Ozdemir before. So, you know what I mean? These things can happen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, again, it is just finding that fine line of like, is he really going to pull something out or is he just a punch bag? Yeah. Sorry, it was actually against uh, Ghosts and he got that rear naked choke. Which was very impressive. You're kind of getting all the people in the comments giving out. Like, jeez. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, just watching it, you're like, that felt like Anthony, like any fighter, you're like, they, they, if they keep going, they're going, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, Ross, like, Gobstack Share is now like, He's 40-odd, you know what I mean? He's definitely out, like, not in his prime. Beforehand, we both thought Anthony Smith would win. But uh, where does Glover take share go from here, Ross? Glover's, Glover's sort of back in the mix now. You yeah, know, four-point win streak. Yeah, four-point win streak <laughs> in the light heavyweight division. I don't think anyone's clamoring to see uh, Glover to share at John Jones too now. But who knows? Like, he could maybe fight Dominic Reyes. He could maybe fight Ian uh, Blackwich. Um, these are sort of fights I don't want to see if I heard Rumble's coming back to light heavyweight I don't want to see uh, Rumble versus Glover 2 either he still hasn't found that too uh, but who knows Reese, do you have any preference to who you want to see Glover fight next as you said it's weird I think when when people get to this kind of age people kind of just write them off in their career uh, and the problem is Glover's winning like that's a big win against Anthony Smith um, I mean I suppose a lot of it is if he's winning fights, you have to give him the, the big fights, and so I, I would expect he'd want a like a fight right up there next. And exactly. how can you say? Oh, I actually saw someone. I can't. I don't know who it was, but someone tweeted John Jones, been like, "John Jones, you're shit." What's called uh, a four year old man got Anthony Smith out there, and you couldn't do it in five rounds. 
this is it too, isn't it? Yeah, so, I mean, that, that is always the thing. When you sort of beat someone more definitively than a champion does, I think that, like, bodes very well in your favour. And at the end of the day, Glover Cher went into that fight ranked number eight, and he just beat ranked number four quite decisively. So, who knows who he's going to get next? Yeah, exactly. Especially uh, with the tools set yeah. yeah, there was a there, there was a funny video that went out. The UFC posted when uh, Glover Teixeira was on top of Anthony Smith, and like they were talking to each other, and it was, and then Anthony Smith's like, "It is what it is." <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like uh, yeah, he's like, "It's just business, bro." Boom, boom. <laughs> like what a sport! What a sport! Like Reese, have you ever been in the octagon uh, chatting away with with your opponent? You know, I was I was just kind of like thinking that there, and, and I said I was thinking no, but then I remember when me and Richie Smullen fought. I remember Paddy Hillahan corner, and he said, um, "Oh, Richie, he's given up." And so I like leaned up on an elbow, and I said, "Who's given up, Paddy?" And he goes, "You are." And I goes, "Flip, I'm not giving up." And I lay down again and just kind of kept working. But it was just a funny moment, and we've talked about it a few times since. But uh, <laughs> you're, very, you're very aware in there. Like people think we just go in and can't hear anything, but. I, I knew it was Paddy shouting. I just perked up and shouted over to him. So that's my only really bar bits and pieces. I think that's one thing that we've, we've learned from UFC in an empty arena is that the other night, Greg Hardy actually listened to what DC said and actually took that advice and implemented it into the fight. And then I can't remember who was saying last night, but they were saying the difference between the two corners, between Glover and Schmidt, that like Glover's... Uh, corner rows only give him advice you know sporadically from time to time and Anthony Smith's corner were non-stop verbally like telling him blah 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 and you could actually hear it uh, what's called in the arena and they were saying that because he was getting so much instruction it was probably making him use so much energy as well it was making him blow his gas or gas tank even earlier do you think that happens if your corner is like constantly shouting at you you're constantly looking to give them a response yeah, that's a that's like it's such a, it's such a good uh, outlook on it. Like I know for for me, like if I I've had a few corner men uh, fill in for when my normal corner team are away, and and they've brought in a different style and just shout 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 shout, and it's like again, like you just feel drained, like it drains my energy. Like I'd rather be left with a piece, give me twenty thirty seconds update on it. You know, it doesn't need to be uh, do this this this. I'll don't do this this and that. You know, it's very drainy. So. Yeah, I, I I would agree more with uh, Glover's corner. I'm actually really enjoying getting the, the fighters and getting their actual opinions on it, you know. Uh, Reese, you're a legend. Uh, also, in the comment event, Ben Rothwell won by decision against Alvin St. Peru. Uh, Ross, we thought OSP was going to win beforehand. The athlete, but uh, he was out-athleted by uh, Big Ben, your mate. Uh, yeah, Big Ben actually used his size really, really well in this fight. He sort of leaned him up against the cage and you know, he sort of peppered him a few shots, good in the clinch as well. Uh, obviously being, well, he obviously he probably cut down from two to two six five uh, for the fight, Big Ben. And he really did use his size, especially against someone who's used to fighting someone of a similar size. OSP weighed in, I think, 240. So he gave 25 pounds away. A uh, few people are saying, like, that's way too small. But Stipe always weighs in about 240. And he's the champ. So you can't really be like, that's not fair. Uh, OSP actually landed his best shot of the fight after the bell. He actually dropped Ben yeah. Rothwell uh, uh, what's called uh, after the bell of the third round. Not Paul Daly style now. It was in, in, in mid-sequence but uh, I think 
OSP going up the weight class was actually too tentative and he was afraid to exchange with uh, Rothwell because the last 20 seconds of the third round, he actually exchanged with him and he had Rothwell rocked. So he probably needs to go a bit earlier. Uh, Reese, I actually noticed that's the thing with some fighters as well, that they wait for the last 30 seconds and they go for it, even though they've been losing for the last two rounds. What's your take on that? And when it's not going your way in the octagon, at what point do you mean to be like, right, I need to change something? Yeah, like um, I've been in situations, I guess, like two and a half rounds down and I've went for it the last the minute. But for me, um, if I'm two rounds down, I go for it the last rounds, not the last 30 seconds. Mm. The last 30 seconds, you're sloppy and you might as well be fighting someone outside a bar. You know, like nothing, like, it's just desperation. So uh, I think the last 30 seconds, I mean, I mean, obviously some things happen there, but now you need to be ahead of the last 30 seconds. You know, you need to know you're losing before that. Yeah. And uh, lads, who would you like to see Big Ben take on next in the heavyweight division? Well, he called there uh, Ollie and Anuk. So <laughs> uh, uh, he goes, he goes, yeah, us two older dudes, we can bang it out. So I was like, grand. Oh, I'm actually all for that fight. Yeah. Battle, battle of the big baldies. Yeah, they look, they look exactly alike, don't they? Same chest there and all. <laughs> but uh, another few honorable mentions here. Drew Dober won by TKO against Alexander Hernandez. Uh, yeah, Drew great Dober, fight. Yeah, Drew Dober trains with Justin Gaethje, so he has that fighting spirit in him, lads. He he definitely has to get sort of some of note uh, going forward now. Because Alex Paul Fernandez Felder. was uh, number fifteen in the rankings, and Drew Dober is unranked. Paul Felder is like a good call out and a big call out because he's ranked six. Yeah, that he actually might be able to get. But I'd actually love to see Drew Dober versus Aloy Quinta. You know that? It's a fight. That's a good fight. Yeah, I like that one. I like that more than the Paul Felder fight. I think felt not I'm not saying it's I'm not saying he wouldn't give Felder a run, but you know, I think I don't think the UFC would make it. I think uh, yeah. they'll have planned Paul Felder before that fight. Yeah, that yeah. is a good, that is a better call, Ross. Uh, other that's what I'm here for. Yeah, you are here. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ricky Smone also came out with a win as well by decision against Ray Borg. Ray Borg like uh, is uh, losing. Run continues. Uh, Andre Arlovsky came out with a win as well against Philip Lins. Uh, Philip Lins actually looks alright after moving up the heavyweight division, lads. And then yeah, uh, he, he does, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Thiago Moises, Ross mentioned earlier, defeated Michael Johnson after the first round, getting absolutely battered. Came out with a with a heel hook and then uh, stole the fight. He, he's someone who might end up looking at free agency very soon. You know that uh, Michael Johnson, whenever his fight's up, because I'm sure he's on half decent money at this stage and he's not really cutting the cheese and he's not really going to be a main event so I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, was end up in I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up in the PFL you know that yeah that's a good show like, you, wouldn't even, you wouldn't even be that surprised and seeing him like the same as Denson Henderson or Miles Jury mm. like he would fit right in in Bellator so we're cutting Michael Johnson's career here and there yeah, but yeah, I know. I, I, what's called it, probably from your point of view as a fighter, it probably sounds really harsh when we say that about people. Does it? No, no, no. You, you need listen. You need you need to be winning fights, and you need to be mm. uh, you need to be doing the job. Like, and and you know, same as me. Like, if I'm ever to get to the UFC, then I need to be doing my job, which I which I'm lucky that I am. But uh, if you're not doing it, like, you shouldn't be there. Hundred yeah. percent, totally agree. It is, it is slightly harsh, but like, he, like he was, he absolutely like he won the first round ten eight, in my opinion. You know, but uh, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, like who has their arm raised is uh, that's all people remember. 
that's the thing. Exactly. They say they say that it only takes uh, you know sort of two seconds lapse in concentration, and there you go. They have you out of there instead of you having them out of there. Yeah, like look at Volkov against uh, Derek Lewis. Yeah, sorry for every. No, them leg locks change a fight in a heartbeat. I do. If, if, have you ever fought someone, uh, or have you ever grappled someone who's like a leg lock expert? And like, I'd say, I'd say it's almost like standing and training with Ngannou. Like, you, anytime they go for your legs, like your heart goes into your mouth. You're like, no. Yeah. Well, at the time, at the time, again, going back to Richie Smollin. I haven't talked about this oh, fight yeah. in years. Twice. Um, he uh, is a leg lock expert. Yeah. Oh, massive! Like he, I think he, I think he's at a brown belt movie. All legs, loves loves the leg locks. And I was in TriStar in Canada actually for the fight camp, and like I, I'd done privates with these leg lock guys. And, and I remember the first time he died from a legs, it was just like it's almost like that heart heart drop feeling where you're off. Like here we go. So Baka, I mean it was grand, but it's, it is scary. It's like it's weird. Yeah, I don't know. If I don't remember talking about uh, when you were in TriStar, like. Uh, like, uh, how many, did you get to spar with GSP? I didn't get a spar GSP, but I took this class every Monday. So I, I took eight, eight of his classes. Um, just amazing. Like, totally, totally, totally surreal. Like, just stand and kind of listen here and, like, single leg uh, details from GSP. Or, or you know, mm. it's just it's a bit bizarre. It's hard to even take in, though, because you're kind of, you know who Get he it is. All. You're <laughs> it all, yeah. Hey, he's my favorite for of all time as well. <laughs> Uh oh yeah yeah we went we went to New York to see him we saw him beat Bisping over in New York it was unbelievable awesome. uh did, when you were there did you get any uh, training off John Danaher and the Death Squad because that's who he rolled with no no I didn't but uh, a lot of the Death Squad were there and like just the scariest the scariest bunch of people like so unassuming but so so nice like and I actually I actually rolled I, I rolled over Taza and it was like. Just like, just different, different gravy. Like I can't even describe what it's like. It's very like almost overwhelming. I imagine so because uh, I always say like I've done a few uh, jujitsu classes. <laughs> and, like right? you love Joan, is it? <laughs> no, but like, like you, you, I, I was rolling with somebody who was about seventy kilos, and like you rolled me up like a pretzel, and I, I just couldn't stop laughing. And he was like, "Why are you laughing?" And it was like. Because you never know who you're like actually up against, and then like you, you know, I mean, you you get left so vulnerable. You know what I mean? And I'm sure that's what it was like. Yeah, but these guys like are I, the top. Yeah, I remember there was like young kids and like what I would describe as like uh, short, like just like kind of leisure wear shorts. And I was like, I remember thinking, because when you're in TriStar, like you're taking any decent rule you can get. Like if you can get a handier rule, you're going to take it. So. I thought I was getting a nice roll and then it just turned out that the guy forgot his shorts and again hammered me for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, massive shout out to George St. Pierre as well who got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Ross, do you think yeah. he deserved it? Oh, the GOAT. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he definitely deserved it. Two-way world champion. Uh, one of the longest winning streaks in UFC history and like you know what? The UFC landscape would have been so different without him because there would have been so many great welterweight champions. You know what I mean? Because, uh, like, you know, John Fitch probably would have been champion. Thiago Alves would have been champion. Josh Koscheck would have been champion. You know, Matt Hughes probably would have had a long run as UFC champion. But, like, none of these got to wear the belt because of George St. Pierre. It's crazy. Madness. Uh, also, lads, um, Omar Antonio Morales Ferrer won by decision. But um, if, if, 
if you haven't seen the picture of his shin afterwards, it is absolutely disgusting. But because you can see right in there, um, Ross's good friend Beck Rollins tweeted vagina vagina shin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, look, for, it was serious toughness, but I suppose there's always that adrenaline factor that kicks in uh, for some things, and you know, I mean, a lot of fighters don't know or something. Or I, I remember seeing John Jones complete so many fights, and as soon as the fight's over, he's limping like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, do you remember his toe? Yeah, oh, against Chael Sonnen. Yeah, Reese, what, what's what's the biggest injury you have ever had in the octagon? Uh, I broke my I, I broke my orbital, so like I broke like the the orbital floor where your eye sits on uh, I broke that but probably the like I actually didn't feel that bad after the fight but when I fought Perry Goodwin like that was the the fight you were talking about like where you just like you're fine and then all of a sudden you're limping like I remember I was getting pushed around the airport to go home in a wheelchair so that would like kind of be the sorest fight but not the worst injury yeah and who What's who it? broke your orbital uh, Tim Barnett. The, our first fight we had a fight and then we rematched what sort of looks do you get in the airport after when you're in the wheelchair oh, two black eyes swollen ears and all this and then people are just you know they must think over in a stag do and just like yeah. said something like they're sad and, but like I would actually I don't know if I'm still on a bit of adrenaline on the day after a fight but like I, I'm not I'm not too best pleased when people like give you dirty looks and stuff like that, even on a good day, but not like especially after a fight. Yeah. Uh, they do. Uh also uh, Brian Keller came out with the win against Hunter Azure. And then as I said earlier, Chase Sherman's back in the UFC would have been against Isaac Villanueva, who actually has who came in six days notice and uh, has some chin in him. But uh, Chase Sherman's back one of the funniest guys in the UFC. Question for you, right? Do you think Chase Sherman will be the only person in UFC history that will go from UFC to bare knuckle boxing back to UFC. That's a good show. Maybe, I think maybe I think Rumble Johnson. Maybe Rumble Johnson. Like I know he's involved with bare knuckles. So. Yeah, but he didn't fight. I know. Yeah, but who knows? He might want to take on that Mike Tyson fight. That who knows? Artem might come back for UFC Dublin. True. Yeah, <laughs> oh, actually, that would be a great show. But uh, lads, anything else to say about last night's card? Did we miss anything? Uh, no, I actually think I enjoy the fights more in the empty arena because you can hear more stuff, if that makes sense. Except, obviously, you don't want to have an empty arena forever because you want them to come to Ireland and let the fans in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I can't go, it can be empty. <laughs> it's, uh, you see, that's where the UFC goes to some states or some countries and you just hear the fans saying stupid shit. Like mm. that, you're, it, it takes away from the fight. You're more, you're like almost concentrating more on what the fans are saying. But like just having it and just like solely focused on nothing else. Part of the fans, I mean, part of the two fighters, it's actually good. Reese, what's the what's the funniest thing that you've ever heard when you've been in the cage and you've been fighting and you heard a fan say? Like, I don't know if I can swear here. Can I swear? Oh yeah, well, you, you no, you fucking from... can't. No, you fucking can't. <laughs> just like. I just like the like the X rated like when like when I was a bit younger and we used to fight in Belfast. You'll hear people saying like "kick his fuck in" and and knock his ballocks in and, and like it's just like, it's just so like like you just want to like stop for a minute and say like what did you just say like and then my favorite this on this one happened to every show. I'm sure it happened to the UFC too. It's like people saying just get up, just get up when someone has you down. It's like oh just get up like. 
oh flip I forgot to get up like <laughs> oh, oh yeah man. actually you wouldn't know anything of that Reese, you shouldn't have forgotten to get up man like or else they wouldn't have said that but, uh, Barry, have you, heard, Barry have you heard any funny ones um, like just just the, the crowds in Dublin say mad shit like it's it's hilarious but, I think uh, one time I was watching an early prelim and I heard some go kick him in the dick yeah <laughs> yeah I thought that was gas <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was Reese's corner but uh, yeah <laughs> Reese, I, I, always, I always remember when you did fight in, in Dublin and you had the whole of the back like the back of the arena just like all oh, supporting you you know what I mean yeah, love it. I always bring great support, like always more support than I expect. And then I get there and it's like, flip, this is crazy. Like, but uh, oh, I love Dublin, like, really excited to, to fight there again. Yeah. yeah, but you probably also have another like 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 people who are just like, oh, Reese McKee's here, brilliant. Was well, here for him too, because like you're well known in the other scene, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, I think. What, what would what would you do after a fight? Like uh, having that many people there, where's the where would you like arrange like an after party or? You know what? Like any time, like I've had quite a few fights now. Any time we have arranged to go to a certain bar at a certain time, it never works. So now the plan is normally just go to like whatever hotel I'm in. Everybody goes there, have a drink, have a chat, whatever. But with all the after parties like it's the last thing in your mind plus I, I never want to get changed I want to just wear shorts and, and sit down yeah <laughs> Is it, would, you, would you feel like quite drained after a foot? like obviously you would but like don't you have so many people then either saying well done or hard luck and just constantly taking even more energy from yourself it's just um, I wouldn't say like it's just such an adrenaline thing like it's like if you could live that if you could live that day like constantly like you would have a crazy, crazy life. Like, I mean, nothing can kind of annoy you in that night. If you, well, this is all after a win, of course. Um, <laughs> but nothing can annoy you. Like, nothing really kind of matters. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just good times. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. What was the best? What was the best night you've had fighting and like the after party when people have come up to you? What was uh, if you really live one night? Yeah. When I beat um, when I beat Tim Barnett uh, in the rematch for the world title, like. I remember walking into the hotel uh, and like there must I don't know there must have been like two hundred people there and like they all started clapping and cheering and it was like fuck like it was actually it was like a really overwhelming moment like like I mean you didn't even know what to say it was kind of awkward but like awkward for me if that you know but it was, it was amazing so that kind of, I remember it kind of gave me goosebumps but it was it was a cool moment yeah vengeance is sweet. Big time, big time. It's dangerous too, though. Have you watched? You ever watched Kickboxer the movie? Yeah. He says that revenge is a very powerful one, but but a very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually a great story, lads. This weekend, the UFC is back. If we if weren't uh, <laughs> we didn't have enough. We have more. Uh, this weekend, it's on Saturday night. Alistair Overeem is taking on Walt Harris in the main event, heavyweight bout. Hopefully, we get a knockout, lads. What are you expecting from these two? Big, big dudes. This is actually going to be a very interesting one. Um, weirdly enough, I now have a soft spot for Walt Harris. Uh, these two were supposed to fight many months ago. I think it was in Washington, D.C. And uh, Walt Harris's daughter-in-law went missing. And then she was actually later uh, found dead. She was actually murdered. So this is his like return from that. Uh, going into that fight, before all that happened, I was like, 
uh, hopefully we see some vintage Overeem. But now I'm sort of, I think I'm almost like shouting for Walt Harris because like what a nice guy. Um, in terms of the actual skills wise, Walt Harris going in there and he's looking for a knockout. He's got big, he's, he's a big guy with heavy shots. Uh, obviously Overeem's a lot more technical. He was very unlucky in his uh, Rosenstrike fight because if, he, if if that went on 30 seconds longer and he could have ate him, he would have won the fight by decision. So I think Overeem is probably going to get the nod. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Walt Harris in this. I think, uh, I think Walt, like as much as Overeem's the, the veteran and got all the experience and as you said, probably the, the more polished skill set, I think Walt Harris is a bit younger. He's more of an athlete and I just think I think Overeem is past it uh, compared to what we've seen like many 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 years ago. So I go for Walt Horace, uh, and maybe I have a soft spot for him too. But uh, he's impressed me any time I see him. So I think I'd be happier if Walt Harris won though. You know that? I'd like go you. Yeah, yeah. It's better for the heavyweight division if Walt Harris wins. Uh, just got, just touch on what Ross said earlier. Obviously, with all that all that terrible stuff going on, in Walt Harris's life in the background. Um, that could that could like. Play, play go factor. either way yeah it could play a factor in the back of his mind so I'd, I'd almost say over him for the win just because we don't have he doesn't have any problems that we know of going yeah. into this but uh, either way the, uh, you can, I can feel the knockout there uh, in the combat event Claudia Gadea is taking on Angela Hill in the women's strawweight division um, Claudia Gadea has been like up and down the last while lads what are you sort of, sort of expecting this weekend and uh, for me, I really like Claudia Gadea to win this one by submission. Um, Angel Hill's lost twice by submission. Uh, I think that's her only two losses, as far as I'm aware, of recent times. Although she's had a few decision losses, but she, that's her only finishes. And Claudia Gadea is like a submission wizard. So I think she'll actually be able to take her down, get the job done. Uh, Claudia Gadea was the consensus number two best in the world for a very long time. And I don't think Angel Hill's ever really crack that top five what about you Reese? yeah I think I have to kind of back up everything you said I think, I also think Claudia like she's a bit more aggressive um, not saying she's a nasty person but you know she always seems a bit more up for it than a lot of girls she fights and I think that might be a big difference against Angela who's kind of like a bit more of a chill character so you know I think I think we can see Claudia again taking her down beating her up and, and subbing her yeah I'll agree with you lads Claudia Gadea you, you have a bit of a sauce pot for her, Baz, don't you? Ross, why are you bringing that off on camera, man? <laughs> right, uh, lads, in the featherweight division, Dan Oig is taking on Edson Barboza. Barboza's dropping down to the featherweight division. Lads, what are you expecting from Barboza in this weight class? I always thought Barboza was actually quite large at lightweight. Uh, I'm going to be very interested to see him cut down to featherweight. Now, I always thought Aldo was large enough for featherweight, and he made it down to bantamweight. So, like, these things are possible. Uh, Danny Oyes coming off a big win over Mursal Bektik. Uh, I think it was a split decision, but he got the nod there. So, look, if Barboza from lightweight shows up down a featherweight, I expect Barboza to get the job done here. But that, those weight cuts are a nasty thing, so we'll see. Who are you going with? Barboza, I man. I can't believe Barbosa is going to go into this weight. Someone told me, I was actually talking about Barbosa yesterday and someone said he's fighting this weekend at February and I, was, I didn't just didn't believe him. Like I, Again, I thought he was massive for lightweight. Anytime I see, I am like, flip, this is the weight group. I, I maybe should be in because look at the size of Barbosa. So the fact that he's been down, uh, I think Barbosa's biggest problem is inconsistency. Like even at lightweight, like if he turns up, like look how he turned up against Dan Hooker. Like, 
not many people have stopped that Barbosa, but on a bad day, not a bad day, but against like Justin Gaethje and all, like, I don't know, he's just hot or cold. So I don't know. I don't like picking against Barbosa, but I think I'm going to have to. I'll just, I'll just go with Barbosa, lads, to stir the pot. I think if Barbosa can get those leg kicks going, he's next unstoppable. But if he can nullify the leg, kick, leg kicks early on, I think that's just like one of the biggest tools in the Arsenal. Yeah, I just like I, I just like watching his kicks. That like I'm like, hopefully we get to see them, and therefore we'll see him win. Uh, also in the middleweight division, Eric Anders is taking on Christoph Jocko. Uh, Eric Anders loves the bang. <laughs> Excuse the pun, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what do you think for this, Roscoe? <laughs> As you said, Eric Anders has like, been in multiple fights by the night. Um, he, his fight against Thiago Santos was something else. He was so hard to put away. Jocko has like, been threatening to be so good for so long. And then you know, he sort of slipped off uh, when he fought uh, Ranch Dressen and Uriah Hall. But I sort of like Jocko in this one. I think he's a bit more technical and he'll be able to get the job done. But Eric Anders will be game. I think a decision, but a fun decision. How about you, Reese? Yeah, well, I always enjoy um, watching Eric Anders. I actually don't know much about Jocko. I've seen a few of his highlights and stuff, um, but I think Eric Anders, the ability to bang and the, the ability <laughs> to be there, uh, will be, I think that will be enough. I'm going to have to go with Anders. Yeah, I'm going to go with Anders as well. As, as, we, as Reese said, his ability to bang. Uh, then, uh, Song, the car's kicking off a Song Yudong against Marlon Vera. Ross, what, what should we expect here? Um, look, they're actually both coming in. Well, Vera has a good, few, good win streak. I think he's got four or five fight win streak. And then Yudong was had won like six or seven in a row and then uh, drew with Cody Statman. Uh, oh, actually, like uh, Sadong, Yong Sadong, or whatever way you say it. Yeah, no. uh, I actually have been really impressed with him over his last couple of fights. Um, I always sort of looked at the Asian fighters and went, there hasn't been like a Chinese male fighter who's like sort of stood out in a very long time. So I think he could be the one to put China on the map for men's MMA. Yeah. Yeah. I think Yudong's, uh, he's fresh. Uh, I think, uh, I think he's a great fighter to watch. He's exciting. Uh, Martin Vera is good too. He's experienced. They both actually have a very close record. Um, but as we know, records don't play much. But I think I'm going to go Song Yudong in this one too. But it's a fun, hilarious name. It is, isn't it? <laughs> Song Yudong, like what a legend. Uh, it, was, it was when he knocked out that Brazilian fellow, I think it was Pantoja. And I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like he looks very good. Yeah. yeah. yeah but I thought Pantoja was class. He was in the open fighter as well. Also fought um, Neil Siri. Um, right, lads. Uh, the headliner in the prelim is Matt Brown against Miguel. Beza, uh, the immortal Matt Brown is back for us. Yeah, Matt Brown is an absolute legend. Uh, like as as you sort of said uh, earlier, Reese, like it could be you, you sort of have to go into a fight maybe willing to not lead the exact same. I really believe Matt Brown when he's like unwilling to die in there, uh, and that's exactly what the Floyd boy saw pays. As long as Matt Brown does not get hit in the liver, he's one of the best fighters going uh, welterweight and. Uh, I expect him to win here because I don't know who his opponent is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you, Reese? Yeah, anybody with the nickname Immortal, you know he's there. He's there for one thing and one thing only. Um, I love his elbows. I'd love to see his elbows. Um, similar opinion. I don't know much, if anything, about his opponent. Um, 
but Matt Brown's an absolute veteran and you know it's hard it's hard to pick against him against some of the best in the world so yeah I'm going with Matt Brown yeah I'll go with Matt Brown as well uh, also an interesting fight as well Anthony Hernandez taking on Kevin Holland Ross what should we say yeah uh, look I like Kevin Holland uh, he, he, you know what it would be great to see him fight in an empty arena because he likes to talk so it'd be interesting to see if he's uh, flapping his gums uh, he, I'm pretty sure he was a contender series guy wasn't he yeah and uh, he, he looked very interesting I think he's took a few uh, fights on short notice that haven't gone his way but I want to see I want to see him win because he's entertaining good stuff really? and then also don't forget the damage is there as well man later on yeah, don't worry, man. I have him here. Reese, <laughs> Reese, you've been saying that. Add yeah, that. I'm always a fan of the contender guys. I always like watching them. Um, I don't know much about either of these guys, so I'm going to go with the same result. All right. Uh, Mike Davis taking on Giga Chikadze. Ross in the same featherweight division? Uh, no, I, I sort of just want to talk about Darren Elkins, man. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Darren Elkins is taking on Nate Landwehr in the featherweight division. The damage is black, Ross. I can't believe Darren Elkins is like the second fight of the card and I can't believe they're having him fight an absolute no well, a nobody now. Everyone's a nobody until there's somebody, I suppose, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like his last three fights were Ryan Hall, Ricardo Lamas, and Alexander Volkanovsky. Like the damage is in there and he's like fought the best of the best. Didn't he fight you know Jason I mean? Knight as well? Uh yeah, I'm pretty sure he fought Jason Knight. I'm pretty sure he's also fought Chad Mendez at some stage. Fought um, Hakran Diaz, Bekdich, Michael Johnson, Dennis Bermudez, like, and he's beaten some of them as well. He beat yeah. uh, Dennis Bermudez, Michael Johnson, and uh, Mursad Bekdich in one of the greatest comebacks in UFC history. Uh, I, I just like to see him fight someone who's really good and then, like, might surprise you with the win. Yeah, also, uh, I, th- I think we're, we're all going for Darren Elkins there. Uh, Courtney Casey is also on the card against Mario Romero Borella in the flyweight division. Uh, the fight is being the whole card is being kicked off in the heavyweight division. Rodrigo Nascimento Ferrer is taking on Dante Meyers. Um, lads, interesting. Yeah, lads, this all goes down Saturday night. Like it, it, it's great to have MMA back. Uh, Reese, you did mention something about the contender series. Um, what do you sort of make of the contender series? And like, obviously, you want to get straight in for uh, to the UFC, but. Like, say if you got a phone call for the Contender Series, would that be anything you'd be interested in? Yeah, 100%. Uh, likewise with the Ultimate Fighter, like, I would love to, I love that approach. Uh, I actually heard they're coming back because there was a rumour they were finished. Um, I'm up for whatever I need to to get in, if it's Contender, Ultimate Fighter, or winning the Cage Warriors World title, or just being called up for one of these mad empty arena shows. I'm up for whatever, so... I'm a company man until until I've, I've earned the stripes. So I'm up for whatever. Yeah, because we had Sean O'Malley on the show and he obviously was on the first season of the Contender Series and then after that, he blew up. So like, I mean, if you got a massive like a massive win on, on the Contender Series, you could actually skip up a load of people who were actually on the card and maybe even there for a few years, which is a crazy thing about MMA. But uh, MMA is a game where like, what have you done for me recently, Ross, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. You know what I mean? You have to be in the octagon to be relevant and very few fighters can stay relevant outside the octagon uh, I do think it's a sort of it's almost the easiest way into the UFC now is by getting on the contender series and pressing now I don't know how easy it is to get on the contender series but it's almost like um, do you ever see uh, America's Got Talent or Britain's Got Talent you go out and do the audition, uh, open auditions like it's like right well you're talented we'll have you you know what I mean that's what it's like for the contender series. Um, 
look, it's had some great people on it, and it's a, a great flat platform to go on. Uh, the Ultimate Fighter, I always think, um, probably because the TV ratings have gone down on it, uh, it's obviously less watched now. But I think if you're almost young, free, and single, the Ultimate Fighter is actually incredible to go on because, like, you get put in a house, all you do is eat, sleep, and train, and like, that's like absolutely ideal for some people and you know you're you're paid to do it as it goes along i think what's hard for some people is when they have a family and then they're leaving their wife and their kids and they go into the old fire household that way but if you're young free and single like i think the old fire is great yeah good try um yeah like but then there's there's cases of like the contender this the reason i'm not a fan of the contender series is because it's very much not like if you win, you're in. It's like, you know, you have to, like, I, I love and hate this, you know. People are going there, if you win, you're in. But look at Brandon Lockney and, like, he won, he dominated his fight. He maybe made a weird decision at the end. He shot for a takedown to play it safe. Yeah. And he in the UFC when he's absolutely a UFC caliber fighter. Like, but, um, but then this, this is as we talk, talked about earlier, like, you have to be providing the goods, not just the wins, like finishes and, and high quality. So, I'm talking like I'm already there, but <laughs> well, you have to, you have to like that's you have to see it to uh, believe yeah. it. But like also, yeah, as you brought up there, Brendan Lockman, and but uh, also Austin Vanderford, Ross Army, he actually won quite convincingly as well on the Contender Series. He's married to Paige Van Sant. Like I mean, it just made perfect sense, and they didn't pick him on purpose. I think that's because Paige was was holding out on a contract. Yeah, well, you know what I mean? Like, the UFC are fairly cutthroat and they'll do whatever it takes to sort of, you know, get it over the line with you, you know what I mean? Like, if they, they'll they use your family and friends against you, you know what I mean? That's the way they do it. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. It's uh, it, Winning your, in not being, you know, a definite factor isn't overly ideal. But I suppose one way or another, you get seen by a lot of people on TV. Yeah. Uh, it's great to get your name out there. Yeah, and Brendan Lockman obviously went to the PFL then, didn't he? You got a big contract yeah. there. Yeah, so who, yeah. Knows? who knows? And also, if you keep winning, you know what's mm. going to happen then. But, uh, yeah, although the only other thing is is that uh, a bit like what Dana White did with um, Greg Hardy as well, that they might go, well done, you, you drew excellent ratings. Not too sure on you yet though. You're going to have to fight in the Contender Series again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know what way they pay for the contender series as well. I don't know how much money you make off it. Probably not. Probably very, very little. Yeah, well, I wouldn't imagine it's, it's loads, but I wonder is it. Um, it's I wonder. Get, I wouldn't be surprised if they know it was like if you get the finish, you get extra. Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. I would say it's fueled on like if you knock them out, I'll give you fifty grand. If you if you win and don't knock them out, I'll give you five hundred dollars. <laughs> 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 that, like that's the thing the contender series is coming back soon as well that's going to be great yeah. that's going to be great to see but, uh, do, do you think do you think also the contender series makes people fight differently as in like you might be like an excellent you know wrestler and then like you have decent stand up and decent jits and like you're a hot prospect but you're like fuck better go in here and bang otherwise like I don't have a chance and then you actually like don't use your actual game plan yeah I think I think this is where you know I mean, if I if I was a wrestler and grappler oriented, I I mean I would be sticking to my game plan. I, I'd be winning first and foremost. Um, luckily, I like the strike and, and, and bang, so to speak. So, um, <laughs> word of the day, <laughs> word of the day. But um, 
no, I think I think fighters should always go in and, and stick to their thing, you know. And again, unless we're in that situation where you're losing two rounds, then you gotta let them go. Yeah, yeah. Julian Lane somewhere is sitting at home uh, with his I don't know, but he has wife or kids and dog, and he still ask people to let him bang, bro. Yeah, I think they're not boxing. Yeah, he did. He did. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, so uh, someone is letting them bang. Yeah. My God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not just his wife. But uh, lads, anything else to say about this weekend? Uh, no, just thank God for UFC uh, showing a bit of sport. I think I think the Bundesliga is back this weekend. Can't wait to get my later hose on and uh, have a few steins. <laughs> do you watch? Do you watch uh, football, Reese? Not really. No, like um, I mean, I, I what I do look at it at the minute is I'm hoping if all football's back on, then uh, it's a good sign for the rest of professional sports like cage warriors and stuff like that. So. All, I'm all for bringing back the football as long as it brings back more sports. <laughs> yeah, there are all that. So two, two things to bring up before the end of the show. Um, first of all, did you see my Tyson sparring and uh, what's making that? Go ahead, Reese. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. What do you make of his boxing, Reese? I mean, it's Mike Tyson. So <laughs> it, it always looks amazing, doesn't it? But like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I'm a big believer. I'm like, I'm like, put him in there with Joshua, quick. <laughs> yeah, imagine the ratings that thing would do. Oh my god! Oh, stop! And you know what? Like, I think Mike Tyson would give anyone a go for two rounds. After that, maybe not. But like, for two rounds, that man is still going to be a fearsome competitor. Yeah, probably because everybody's so scared of him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, but like uh, that, that, that quick, that fast twitch muscle is like something else in him, isn't it? Insane. Jesus! Imagine, imagine like uh, trying to go out with his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Ding dong. But uh, another thing, lads, as well, uh, it came out that Khabib's uh, dad is sick, and then um, the UFC were saying, like, hopefully he gets well soon. And then Conor McGregor came out saying, like, he brushed everything aside that he has with Khabib and said that, like, uh, hopefully his dad gets home, gets well soon. Uh, isn't it great how, like, things can, can be just brushed aside and you can just actually, like, you can, ra- what's it, raise an olive, olive branch? Is that the same? Uh, extend an olive branch. Extend the olive branch. Like uh, I think, I think you know, Conor Conor McGregor is is what he is. Uh, I think you know he's a man with a, with a father. He, he's a father now himself. He's got a son. You know, I think he realizes it's that you know there's more to it than a beef. Especially like the way he slagged his dad at, at the press conference and stuff. I think it was very important that he issued that type of statement. You know. Yeah. Yeah, well, I just hope his dad gets uh, well soon because, like, I'm pretty sure like Khabib still lives with his dad. In Russia, you like that's the type of like guy he is. He's like he's like he's all about the family, uh, and like he just he's he always uses dad as his head coach. And then like Javier Hernandez or Mendez uh, is his sort uh, of side coach, well side head coach. But uh, his dad never gets into USA, so uh, obviously there's visa issues there. But hopefully he is uh, well, and I'd love to see. UFC Russia with Khabib as a headliner. I just love to see what way the crowd is when it's all uh, coronavirus is over. Everyone wearing the uh, the Khabib hat and the crowd. Yeah. Like, it'd be like, where's Wally? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of where's Wally, actually. But, uh, Reese, thanks so for coming on the show. I really enjoyed this. We're going to have to do it again. Um, for Ross, anything else to say before we wrap it up? No. Uh, again, Reese, thanks for coming on. Uh, be interesting to see how you do on the picks. Uh, Ian Gary was the picking uh, last time around, so let's see if uh, Reese, you're going to be the picking this time out. Yeah, I'm confident. I'm confident of what I've chosen. Come on, come on. Okay, so Reese, thanks again for coming on the show. 
Uh, make sure to like, make sure to comment, and let us know who you're, you're back in the win this weekend. And as always, subscribe and stay energized. Stay energized. <laughs>